Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. If you want legendary service... If you, you want, want sweeter discounts, shop under with and sure See what it's all about. Switch to insurance. Get a quote and save by bundling auto and home with insurance. This is John Rocha, one-third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Welcome, everybody, to some bonus content here on The, the Geek, Geek Buddies. Buddies. For those of you who downloaded our first episode of uh, The Watchmen Review, uh, we are back to do uh, another spoiler review of Watchmen, HBO's Watchmen, episode two uh, debuted. A lot happened on episode episode two uh, that is going to be fun to talk about here on the show. So uh, I'm John Roca. I am Michael Vogel. And this is Shannon McClung. All right, let's jump into it. What did you guys think of the overall? Uh, overall, what did you guys think of the episode? Uh, it's, uh, this show is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-S. I think my favorite thing about it from an overall standpoint is that it captures that expansive feel of reading the Watchmen comic. By which I mean there is a main story, but you just sort of veer off into these little – side pieces little tangents tangents that yeah. all sort of ultimately relate to a whole but it feels like it's a it's a tapestry that's being woven in the same way that Alan Moore wrote uh, wove his tapestry mm-hmm. and uh give uh I give them a lot of credit for that yeah this is called martial feats of comanche horsemanship Shannon uh super super enjoyed it love that we're they introduced all these great characters and we're getting to know them more and more. I mean, I love the fact that um, Jim Beaver from uh, yeah. from Deadwood showed up as mm-hmm. some of Regina King's kids. I don't know if it's all of them, but one of their uh, biological fathers. Fathers or grandpas? I thought it was. I thought it was a grandpa. You thought it was grandpa? Yeah, it was a grandpa. Because I think it's. I think it's implied that those are the children of her partner who died on White Knight. Yes. Oh, okay. Copy that. They, yeah. they say. Uh, 
I was about to say spoilers, but this is a spoiler review. But when yeah. uh, when 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 uh, Regina uh, King and Don Johnson are in the hospital after White Knight, yeah, uh, and he tells her that her partners died, uh, he refers to her, uh, her her partner's son is Christopher, and she goes he goes by Topher, and that he took his younger brother and sister and hid them right. when the. Seventh uh, Cavalry was in there, and then that is Topher is the uh, oldest right. that she has. So yeah. I wasn't quite sure because I thought the same thing at first that he was the father, but then when they got I got the name, I was like, oh, is he the grandfather? Mm. Like, how is this all working? So I'm curious to see how that relationship unfolds. But by the way, that's another thing that I love. Yeah. Uh, between episode one to episode episode one ended, and there was a lot of questions. Episode two, in a lot of ways, answered. A lot of those questions yeah. but ended up leaving us with more questions, which, which sometimes yeah. people find really annoying. In this case with Watchmen, I'm finding it super intriguing. Well, and it's very Lindelofian. I mean the True. fact that he is Lindelofian. Lindelofian. I yeah, like just that. came up with that. <laughs> um, I, I like the fact that, yes, he is starting to answer questions right, right away while posing, posing more. And mm. I love finding out more about Jeremy Irons and his sort of uh, little uh, army of uh, yeah. servants. Are they all, robots? Clones? Clones, maybe, yeah. I mean, that guy was burned. That guy was burned. Ah, true, true. Yeah. Okay. That looked like uh, scorched, scorched flesh. Yeah. Um, but then thinking like, okay, is this guy like this is clearly he's he's showing the uh, the uh, uh, birth of mm. Doctor Manhattan. It's like, is this Vite? Is this Ozymandias? Or is this? Right. I'm pretty sure he is. That's. I mean, that's what I thought as well. But I'm like, how? Why? Why this story? Why is he? Why is he choosing this well, story? There's two reasons for it, which I think is super brilliant, which is another interesting thing. So, one, in the world of the story, I think we will find out why mm-hmm. he is so obsessed with Dr. Manhattan at this point in his life. I mean, there are a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, uh, Veidt or Ozymandias kind of prides himself on being as clever and smart as he thinks he is, mm-hmm. like just ridiculously intelligent and smart. And then uh, Dr. Manhattan is just this other level of power that he could have some kind of obsession with at this point or whatever. I mean, as the two characters from the original that we've sort of really delved in and kind of seen, if he is indeed Ozymandias, I think that we can fill, they'll be able to fill in the gaps of like why he's so stuck on this 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the thing that's very brilliant about it to me from a storytelling standpoint is they know that there are people that are watching this on HBO that might not be as familiar with either the comic book right. or the movie. Ah. Right, right, and right. Dr. Manhattan is a character that will be in the show. That's and smart. they needed a way to get his origin story yep. in there without being like, by the way, in case you didn't see the movie, this is how Dr. Manhattan became Dr. Manhattan. So right. having it be a play that he is putting on that A – within the world of this show gets it, it makes it very clear that he's obsessed. Yeah. But B does a very good job of very succinctly showing us Dr. Manhattan's origin again. I think he's calling out Dr. Manhattan by by writing the play. And this has always been the battle, right? Ozymandias and Manhattan. It happened in the comics and certainly happened again in the movie. This is the battle, right? The most powerful mortal versus the most accidentally powerful yeah. being. And so there is this natural sense of competition that men feel with each other about who is the big alpha dog in the room. So why wouldn't he do this passive aggressive shade by writing this play as a way to maybe, maybe. goad Manhattan out? And Because they keep referring. Remember right at the beginning, it's it's uh, uh, Dulles Casas Jr.'s character and Regina King. He keeps referencing the fact he might be Dr. Manhattan as a playful back and forth with her, right? And then last episode we saw in the background Manhattan destroying his thing on the Mars, yeah, the structure yeah. on Mars, which we saw him build in Watchmen, the movie. So those, and of course, in the comic book. So there's little things like that that are leading. I think I agree with you, Mike. Leading to Doctor Manhattan. Which also, show up at by some the way, point. just a very cool thing. Yeah. Uh, Topher, Regina King's. Son, as oh, we were yeah. talking about, like uh, when she tells him about Judd uh, Don Johnson's character being killed. Right. He's building a 
a, a giant yes. building with those floating blocks yes. that looks a lot like what Dr. Manhattan builds on Mars and destroys it in just the same way in anger, which I thought was in typical Watchmen fashion. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, references within references within references, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I also like the fact that what they're laying the groundwork on with glass. I like that guy. Or clear. Oh, look, looking glass. Looking glass, what right. What a creepy fucking character. He's so fuck. That line when he says, oh, yeah. Well, then why am I crying under this mask? And I was like, oh, damn. The the mirroring that they're doing with him and Rorschach. Mirroring, he, he, get he, it? He, he, he lifts the mask up to here just yes. like Rorschach did. And it's like he's not eating beans out of a can, but he is eating a very uninspiring, uninspiring looking little TV dinner. Um, I love – I mean I, I love uh, – is it Tim Blake Nelson? Yeah, Tim Blake Nelson. I, I love him as an actor. Mm-hmm. And to look at him as somewhat of a – a tough guy, mm-hmm. and it's like God. I cannot wait to see where he goes. Do you think he's Rorschach? No, I don't you think don't. he's Rorschach, but I okay. do think that he is the Rorschach character of yeah. this show. Okay, well, and you had mentioned that before. How with the with the Rorschach mask, the person you kind of see what you want to see, whereas with his with the Looking Glass, you're seeing what you actually are. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really, really. I, I think that uh, very well put. So, really quickly, just going through what happened in this episode. Yeah. Uh, you know, Regina King uh, is dealing with uh, the Lewis Gossett Jr. character, trying to figure right. out who he is. Right. He not she, knowing that he's an old dude in a wheelchair who couldn't have possibly hung the guy, mm-hmm. decides not to take him into the police. Right, kind of leaves him in her quote unquote bakery area. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes and deals with taking Don Johnson down, which is where we get the flashback where we see yeah. uh, them kind of becoming much closer after White. We get to see White Night happen, mm-hmm. see that it happened on Christmas Eve, a few minutes to midnight, which times are always very important in Watchmen. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole Watchmen thing is the countdown clock and getting closer to midnight. The fact that White Night happened two minutes around midnight on Christmas, very important. Right. Uh, we see her and Don Johnson in the hospital afterwards. We find out her partner was killed in White Knight. We get all that stuff. Then we deal with uh, all of the detectives, looking glass, everybody else being really upset about Don Johnson's mm-hmm. death, about mm-hmm. Judd's death, and basically going to the little white trash yep. Richard Nixon trailer park and basically rounding everybody up, basically yeah. just beating the fuck out of everybody. Well, and, and Regina character, uh, Angela, Sister Knight, she's like, we don't need to be doing this. Why are we doing this? Why is this happening? And so nobody knows who's in charge, right? Which Red Scare has that uh, interaction with them when he's beating up the, the yep. moths. By the way, the moths thing was great. The moths thing was a nice little like oh, yeah. uh, a thing to throw in there. But having him beat those people the, up. The, the, the reporters using the moth technology, the, yes. like, the flapping wings to try and get in and take pictures. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> but having him – like having Red Scare like destroy that dude and then and then initiate us in essence this this desire, this overwhelming desire to – to cause this fight. He wants to have – he doesn't want him to comply. He wants to have this battle to take out his revenge and the cops go through and it's all this kind of crazy shit. And she keeps saying, no, we shouldn't do this because it's just escalating the situation. And so I found that to be a nice um, – I don't know if it's a meta moment but certainly a moment, a, a commentary by Lindelof about our own society and what we think we're doing. Oh, a thousand percent. Right? When we – try to wade in and goad the other side uh, politically into a, a well, battle. And it's something really uncomfortable about watching a bunch of police, mass police or otherwise, yeah. just going and rounding a bunch of people up because they're fucking pissed. I mean, it's right. it's uncomfortable. Well, And if you're okay with them doing it because you think they kill Jed, you don't like their political point of view, then really 
There's no consistency in your thoughts about the police misabusing power to just because they have a certain political point of view that agrees with yours. Then, uh, you know, Regina King goes to uh, Judd's house for sort of the the, the wake, the funeral, whatever, where where she – it looks like she passes out but clearly was just doing that to do a little investigating of her own. Mm -hmm. And she discovers in Don Johnson's closet a secret compartment where we see a Klansman's robe and hood. Yeah. Which, holy shit – she steals it. She takes it out. By the way, when, as she goes out, we see the painting on the wall, which is what the episode title is inspired yeah. by, the Comanche uh, writer's painting. Mm-hmm. Um, goes back to Lewis Gossett Jr., asks him if he planted the robe there. Before, Let me ask you one question before yep. you get to that. When you saw that, did you think, oh, my God, Don Johnson was in the KKK? Did you, did you buy it or did you think, no, this, is, this isn't real? Because twice they've gotten me with Don Johnson, mm. where when he's at the end of the first episode, when he's driving off, I'm like, holy shit, he's part of – he's, right, he's part right. of the – I think well, he's part of it. Yeah, yeah. the cavalry. Well, Don Johnson clearly is – just as we were saying that Looking Glass is filling the Rorschach mm-hmm. role in this story, Don Johnson is clearly filling the comedian role. He is a character who is a senior mm. uh, protector, for lack of a better word, who dies in the first episode slash first issue with yeah. the comedian. And just as with the comedian, we went through and saw that even though he was a hero, as we got into these flashbacks of Vietnam and other stuff, we saw that even though he was a hero, he wasn't – he had his dirty shit too. Right. And so the fact that we have our white hat literally – uh, the white yeah. hat wearing guy who is the big hero who Regina King very much looked up to had a very you know who sister and I had this relationship with uh, who now it is slowly being revealed that there are more layers to him that might not have been yeah. everything that everyone thought he was not surprising right you know I mean this is this is literally following the Watchmen yeah. playbook like play by play also watching the blood drip on the badge mm-hmm. is in essence the blood it's exactly on the, yeah. the button. It is exactly. Fuck, that just hit me as you were talking about yeah. it. I hadn't thought of it that uh, way. So I find that really interesting. Yeah. And then <laughs> after all of these reveals, uh, she takes the she takes the hood to uh, to uh, to Louis Gossett Jr. Um, finds out that they are uh, that he is in fact her grandfather. Yeah. And then goes to arrest him, but he says he has friends in high places, and apparently he does because a giant magnetic crane comes down, takes the car, and flies away with it. And who the fuck was that? <laughs> Dr. Manhattan. A uh, lot of cool things like that. Who, uh, who is he? He's 102 years old. Who is he? Well, he is well, he's the he kid. He is the kid from right. the Tulsa Massacre. But who is he in The Watchmen? We're gonna find was out. he a Watchman? I didn't notice this, but I was reading somewhere that uh, apparently, and I, I didn't go back and rewatch it, but apparently he takes the uh, he's hard boiling an egg. Yes, and he reaches in and takes it out of the boiling water without like really. Well, he flinching. drinks the coffee like no problem. And he drinks the coffee no problem, yeah. which is clearly steaming. So there is something going on with yes. him for sure. Yeah. No, okay. I don't think he takes the pills for memory at all. Now I, I might be misremembering this, but in the comics. Is Hooded Justice white or is Hooded Justice black? I don't know. I think he's white. You think he's Hooded Justice? Well, I, well, which is why we had the I, vignettes? Well, no, because I, when they showed mm-hmm. that uh, that uh, clip from the show, you know, the show within the show, right. where it very you very clearly see that Hooded Justice is a white guy. For some reason, I thought Hooded Justice was a black guy oh. in the comics. Well, and in the very beginning of the first episode, they showed that black and white movie where the Hooded character was the black hero. Yeah. Right. But he wasn't hooded justice. He was no. He was a he was a sheriff. Yeah. There's a panel, and you can tell we're looking at a panel on the for those who are listening. Hooded to justice it. in the in the comic is white. Yeah. Right. Uh, 
Well, there goes my theory. So there well, no, it he's doesn't. Not, he's not hooded. No, because a lot of people are speculating that he is. A lot of people are putting this together, thinking that he's actually hooded because oh he's wearing gosh, the red, the robe. the robe, the red robe with the black. It's all. It all just kind of fits that he might be hooded justice, but they made him white for the show. So yeah, very interesting. The stuff show there. within the show. Yeah. Also, the one scene we didn't mention, which I thought was super interesting, mm. was when Regina King went to the Tulsa Massacre Museum. Yes, right. yeah, and uh, the real life Henry Louis Gates is yeah. doing that. Yeah, and that you had all these protesters outside protesting about equality. Like yeah, it is, right. it is a complete inverse of the world we live in in a very weird, uncomfortable way, mm-hmm. but uncomfortable in a really fascinating, yeah, uh, way that they did it. And so I think the whole thing is really. It fascinates me the way – the exact same way that the watch, the original Watchmen kind of dealt with uh, America's fears of, uh, of, of a nuclear war mm. and the Cold War with Russia and everything else that like they are just wading into racism and identity mm. poli- politics and reformation uh, – reparations and uh, – Redfordations. Redfordations um, and just go basically saying like everyone's fucked up. Yeah. Like the 7th Cavalry is fucked up, but the police are just as fucked up. Everyone wearing a mask is fucked up. Right. What's your suspicion about what happened to her when she got shot and woke up in the hospital with Don Johnson? I mean that shotgun was right in her face. I think, I think she got shot and then she went to the hospital and she woke up and Don Johnson was there. So you don't think the guy shot her in the face obviously? What are you talking about in the face? She got shot in the gun. Yeah, the but the guy walked up to her, put the sh- two-barrel shotgun right in her, right in her face and then, the, and then it goes black. And then the next thing we see is her waking up with Don Johnson. Oh, you're true. You're true. You're true. Yeah. Oh, what? no, I'm true. I'm trying to figure out <laughs> <laughs> what you all think happened here. Is Don a part of the 7th Cavalry or not? Because the thing is, at the beginning of the episode. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Uh, the what? Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, Louis Gossett Jr. says at the beginning of the episode. Uh, oh, no, no. He's got skeletons in his skull. No, no, no. What, is it him or is it Glass who says. Oh, yeah. When, when Regina King's in the car with Glass, looking Glass. She says to him, it's seven, it's, it could be seventh, or it seems like seventh cavalry. He goes, that'd be the easy decision, wouldn't it? Or that'd be the easy thing to think, wouldn't it? So that's why I think there's something deeper occurring here that we don't know about just yet and how this is all being played out. <laughs> of course, that's the <laughs> gift of the show. But the gift of the show really is uh, a couple other cool things. Um, when, um, when Regina King's, when she gets home and her kids are playing with, uh, with her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One's dressed as a pirate and one's dressed as an owl. <laughs> yes. And the Watchmen comic, you know, the, the, the short story that they get into is that pirate story and obviously owl. Right. Uh, Night owl. Night owl. Yeah. And black guy with a giant white sheet over him, given it in the same episode where we get a clan outfit. I mean, yeah. there's definitely, it's just, it, the, the level of detail, visually, uh-huh. storytelling wise, everything is just so on point in mm-hmm. this show that. You you basically need Cliff's notes to get through it, but in the best way possible. It really stands yeah. up to repeat viewings. Well, the squid stuff obviously is referred to in the newspaper, but did you like the fact that they were referencing, like in the comic book, the newspaper guy with the dude sitting next there oh, reading comic yep. books with him? So I don't know who that Asian girl girl who the girl who shows up. I don't know who she is or who she's connected to, but she gets those books and brings the, or gets those comics or yep. magazines and brings them back. To somebody, and they're all science magazines. So who could that be that she's connected to? So I like that they're they're making enough references to the source material by somewhat mirroring things in the source, looking yeah. glass things in the source material. Maybe. So I mean, there's just there's just a lot here. Because I mean, he when you look at looking glass, he is the Rorschach. Right? What was Rorschach about? The the shifting of the face is showing you what you think you're seeing right in his face. Looking glass is showing you, as you said earlier. What 
what you actually are. What you actually are, but both of those things, both of them show you what you actually I, are. I'm really curious ways. about what's going to happen with Looking Glass because he's so gross to me. And really? Well, so is Rorschach, I guess. No, no, no. Uh, absolutely. Well, that was the thing. Is like yeah. Looking Glass in, in, in most shows, I would look at this and go, oh, well, he's going to be evil. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be bad. But I almost think that when things really start to get weird, he's going to end up being like that Rorschach character. He's going to be mm-hmm. sort of like, you, you, you skeeve me out a little bit, but you're doing the right thing, or at least you're doing what you think is the right thing. Like, yeah. There, there are going to be layers upon layers. It's only, I, I can't believe there's only eight episodes. I have heard from, um, I'm sure, and I think you told me this too, but like, yeah. I have heard from people who uh, have gotten at, the least, first six at episodes. least the first six episodes that it just keeps getting better. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked to see where everything goes. Yeah, well, the next episode, episode three, is titled She Was Killed by Space Junk. So I don't know what that means. Following a late-night visit from the senator, FBI agent Lori Blake heads to Tulsa to take over the recent murder investigation. The Lord of the Manor, that's what he's being called, hmm. uh, receives a harshly worded letter and responds accordingly. <laughs> so that sounds to me, who could that be? Sally Jupiter? Well, Lori Blake. Or Silk Spectre, rather. Silk Spectre. Yeah. Isn't that Silk Spectre, Lori Blake? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So she's an FBI agent? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> How old is she going to be? Well, isn't it a. Uh, That'll date the time, right? Of the, is it 30 years later? Is that it's what 30, it is? Yeah, I mean, yeah, she looks, okay. Yeah, right. she looks like she's about 50. Have you met Have we seen her already? Have, am I missing? She's, she's in, in the preview. She's, she's the one who comes up preview. and says, Isn't Gene Smart? I think it so, is Gene Smart. Yeah. So there you go. She's Silk Spectre. I've always had a thing for Gene Smart, so I'm cool with her being Silk Spectre. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, I'm a gay man. I've had a thing for her since designing women. Yeah. I honestly, at this, I, I you know what? I mean, she's no Julia Sugarbaker, but she's close. Yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna lie to you. That woman's beautiful. I don't know what it is about Gene Smart. She does it for me. Um, Jesus Marumba. All right. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everybody. For Is this good? Anything else you guys want to talk about? 20 I, minutes? No, I mean, I, I think we're good, right? Uh, uh, props to Louis Gossett Jr. Oh, God, yes. He's, 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 he's doing that, my favorite kind of acting, which is uh, older, older actor who no longer gives a fuck and is just having the time of his life acting. Yeah. It's my favorite kind of acting. I'm 105 years old and you curse too much. Curse too much. He's just he's having a blast and I'm having a blast watching him. Regina King still carrying this oh whole show God. like a fucking champ. Yeah. Uh everybody across the board and Blue Penis. Hello. <laughs> can't yeah. argue that. You can't you can't have Watchmen without a Blue Penis. You got you need the Blue Penis. Um yeah. That's why I tweeted it this morning after I watched the episode I was I am Regina King's restrained rage because her reaction when she locks herself in that room to slam the shotgun on the wall and react to her to John Donaldson's death. Powerful stuff. That's how I feel every time Shannon says something about Last Jedi. Oh. I go in the other room and just right on. scream. Hmm. That's not going to be the last time you do that. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> Going in. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of uh, content. Of, I'm sorry. Listen to this special episode uh spoiler review of uh, episode two of watchmen i uh, really appreciate y'all taking the time to listen to us and download the content what else we got to tell them yeah. uh tune in next week and uh yeah. and before you do that go give us some ratings on uh on uh on how on wherever you listen to the geek buddies there you go give us some stars some ratings some grades uh some squids <laughs> Squidfall? Rate us on a scale of one to five blue penises and tell hey, us how we do. I like that. 
I like that. Is that an emoji? I like that. <laughs> Shannon? If you want to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Roca, at the Roca Says on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to follow Michael Vogel on Twitter and Instagram, it's at MKTune. And share this episode with your friends if you're listening to, if you're watching Watchmen and you think you like our analysis, please share and retweet this episode on your social media or tell people about it. Get people involved in Geek Buddies. We're trying, we're trying to ger- uh, generate so much content to show you guys we are here to stay and we like talking about this stuff. So come and join our posse of buddies. All right, we'll talk to you next time on The, the Geek, Geek Buddies! buddies! Hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.